0: Welcome to the 150K Podcast, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Have you ever had a dream of being successful, living a life you love? If so, this podcast is for you. From practical applications to tools to help you level up, I am going to open up my network of success so that you can achieve your life by design. So sit back, grab your pen, and get ready to level up. Welcome back to the 150k podcast. I'm your host Joe Graham where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Today I have with me Chad Smith a Battle Warriors brand. Now we've realized we, when we were talking a little bit before the show that we have a bunch of mutual connections and all but Chad for people that don't know you and I don't know your story that well yet tell us a little bit about your background where Battle Warriors came from and what you're doing now.
1: Okay so the make a multi-hour long episode short and sweet here guys uh what it is is um i am chad i'm chad smith i'm the host of battle warrior podcast battle warrior brands i'm the owner of that also um I'm, I'm kind of navigating the term lone wolf into this stuff and 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 i'm gonna go full circle with how we're gonna explain all this stuff and it's a ball um what happens in this industry uh we we could sit and we can I'm gonna use the term puke it, but we're we're both sales professionals. So like yeah. you could puke the bucket, say you're doing all this stuff. Yeah. Um basically, guys, the the simple way of saying it is, you know, like I say, I'm an I'm an author, I'm a podcaster, I'm a, a marathon runner, I'm a lifter, uh and deer hunter, northern redneck, the best way of saying it. I don't want to joke with that, but it's anything that involves the outdoors, anything that involves a rush. Uh my my goofy little term is I like, I like, uh I like my cars fast. I like my uh, guitars loud and uh, pretty much what it is. But my, my basic term to keep it short and sweet here, guys, is um, I'm the person that wants to keep people sober and, and show them what life is like after uh, achieving one of your biggest battles in life. And, and that's kind of how um, I blended the term battle warrior, e- even though the term battle warrior is it, it, pretty personal to me because if you, if, if you guys Google the term chat, there's, there's two, there's two definitions. It means battle and warrior. Um, but the, the thing, the reason why it kind of just naturally progressed together was um, what happens a lot of us, a lot of us that's in the self self-help, self-professional sales industry, all that stuff. Um, we have seasons that, are great and we have seasons that are bad and and that defines our growth and for me i had a lot of seasons uh good or bad um i grew up i loved um the outdoors so you know 13 years old i, I started tournament fishing right away um i hit the road at 18 years old it's actually 17 technically during the weekends um doing fishing tournaments across the midwest uh when you know when i was with it i was with people 15 you know 10 15 years older than me Pretty much, they would take me in like a, a additional son. Mm-hmm. Uh, what ended up happening with this stuff, though, was is, is during that time frame. What it is is this was one of my first dreams, and I don't. I'm glad I ended that dream. Right now, it was a good sweet end, but um, I wanted the limelight of. Uh, and I'm 37, but like growing up in the 90s, we had TNN and in TNT. Uh, no, I'm sorry, TNN and the, the Nashville Network. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, like you. every Sunday morning. <laughs> It would be, uh, you know, like build dance outdoors. It, it would be like four hours of just straight fishing shows and like bass masters and all that stuff. And and I got hooked on the um, stage, the flash. Um, and, and the thing with the 90s, too, is that you have the wrestling. So you had the swagger and all that stuff. So like anything that involved lights, cameras, action, all that stuff, I enjoy and I love Mm-hmm. Um, but, but at that time frame, I hit the road and, and I was already, while I was in high school doing fishing shows, you know, doing boat shows, doing it all my own self, um, direction into that. And, and what it is, is I hit the road young. So like 18 years old, I was already traveling, you know, you're from Michigan, but like over yep. to Bay city, uh-huh. Bay to Nock, and, and we're saying Michigan terms here guys, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's in my Western term, but, um, Molina, Illinois. So I would put on, you know, during the summer I would put on. 14, 16 tournaments a year on top of still having a personal life on top of working. Um, just because I wanted to strive to be that, that professional fisherman that was always on TV, that always wanted to, um, be at the shows, the ones that, um, had the stickers and shit and wraps and you name it. But like tournament fishing was huge in the late nineties and early two thousands. It still is big now, but it went through a few cycles, but, um, yeah. So like people were getting brand new bullets every year. They have to delay the payments till the end of the year. Guys were getting, you know, truckload of baits from companies. It it was it was pretty much like the, and I'm gonna use the term the real estate industry up until this year. So like, you know, it fast, um, fast, unstructurable. So like you don't have a structure, you just go, 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 go. And and you know you you end one tournament you go drop three grand on fish and tackle you go to the next tournament and that ain't gonna work so now you drop another three grand on tackle and before you know it you're wrapped up in um truck payments boat payments credit card payments and and we could just go through it but 20 years old uh actually it was <laughs> i i hit the peak at 20 years old 21 um tried to balance both lives in college and and i wasn't the typical college people guys so like I went through the tech, I, I went the old school way, went up to the, the four-year way. And I'm not a four-year student and I'm gonna sit here and stay positive with that. I, for me, I'm a visual learner. Um, I have to physically get into something. I have to dig into something, I have to create something. Um, that's why I love the business world. That's why I love the entrepreneurship world. Um, for me, you throw a book at me and I'm gonna just hit myself in the head with it because I'm like, I don't learn nothing. Because I didn't know at the time, I have a comprehension issue when it comes to that stuff. I don't retain it. Um, So yeah, I, being on the road, um, your addictions come with you. So like, and I I was joking around with people, but like, I started drinking at, you know, I think I said nine years old in my book, Um, nine, 10, 11, somewhere in there. And, and we're both Midwestern here. We're both Midwestern people guys. So he can probably contest to it a little bit, but growing up in the Midwest, you know, your Friday night fishes are like the the number one thing that people live the week before. So like they, they'll work the hard during the week, four o'clock comes, boom, happy hour starts, boom, Friday night fish starts. Before you know it, you're out at the bar, still so about eight o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night, you're done, you wake up, you go back at it Saturday or whatever the situation is. And, and that's a typical cycle that occurs in the Upper Midwest.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what ended up happening with that is I was already out at bars to three years old and, and to us, that seems normal. So like have a sip of this, have a sip of that. And, and it's not like, I'm not bashing any parents or anything like that. You guys got to be in the environment every week. And kind of understand what's going on where something seems so normal, let's see, yeah. or normal at the time. Um, but no, it's, I, I had a huge drinking issue all the way through through high school that I was hiding with tournament fishing. So like the big spot, I was on tournament fishing. Here behind the scenes, I was drinking alcohol nonstop. And <clears throat> what ended up happening is rolling into college. And that rolled into my lifestyle at college. Um, drinking got a lot heavier, uh, sex parties, all that fun stuff. But the reason why is I was, when you lose your foundation, and I'm at, we're going to cycle back on this now, but at that time, I wasn't mature enough to understand that I was around the wrong crowd. mm mm-hmm. I was around people that had zero foundation, um, multiple times. I had parents walk up saying, Hey dude, you're 20 years old. Come marry my daughter. I will be a hundred percent honest. It occurred. And, um, police escorts to the boat landings. It, it, it's, you're living a rockstar lifestyle mm-hmm. that when it's gone, it's gone. You don't know what to do. So I hit college and I'm like, what the hell just happened? You know, two months away from having my boat repoed had to sell 99% of my fishing gear and, and just kind of felt like, um, the world stopped and yeah. spiraled out of control in college, um, did graduate and then got married and I'm not going to put a little <laughs> bad thing on it guys, but some of us go through a number, you know, some of us go through the first marriage and then you finally realize that, you're mature enough after to really understand what a true marriage is. But, um, got married in my late twenties and had a a little situation with adultery, not with me, but, um, got divorced at 31 and went back to, uh, with the stress of that and and just kind of rebuilding yourself. I went back to, you know, here's, here's another key thing too we're going to learn, but like you revert back to your original habits that, you know, because that's the only thing, you know, you're lost, you're completely out of it. So, uh, ended up drinking strong for three years, like a half bottle of vodka a night, if not more.
0: Mm. yeah, that, and, that's strong.
1: Yeah, and just not even noticing going out to the bars. Um, I think what it was was like a half a one, up, and it's been I'm three years sober next week, guys. So like,
0: congrats, good, that's good, man.
1: Yeah, um, like a one out a uh, one liter, I would have you know three quarters. I'm sorry, three eighths to half of that a night gone. On the weekends, I would probably drink one of those bottles in two days, go out to the bars for more and then come back. And you don't even notice, like you get so accustomed to that lifestyle, you're not even notice you're driving drunk, you're doing all that other stuff. But um drink very, very hard for a couple years at straight. And and obviously with that, you know, the pornography comes with that, the sex comes with that. It's 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 layers of addiction, guys. And we're gonna we're gonna get a little raw here on this episode. Um, but just, you remove one layer, it goes to another layer, or you add in one layer, it goes another layer and it just kind of stacks up. Um, but no, it's, it came to a point where, and I'm glad it occurred, but like when that tragic tr- uh, trauma occurred up to the divorce, I ended up packing my bags and I moved back home. So I used to live over by the twin cities, which is, uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota area. So like within an hour there and pack my bags up. I'm like, I have a fresh start. I'm moving back home and and moving back home. Obviously I carried everything for that with the addictions and all that stuff. And and I'll, I'll be completely honest, guys. Like it was me putting that stuff in my body. It wasn't, you know, people mm-hmm. say here, you know, obviously, yes. You have friends that say, Hey dude, go to the bars, whatever. It's Midwestern life is a lot different if you're not in it every day, but, uh, to be sober in my Midwest is extremely hard at times. Um, But what ended up happening was I ended up watching my grandpa start deteriorate with Parkinson's disease. Uh So what ended up happening was in that last year of getting clean or the last year up to getting sober, I had a grandpa completely losing his way of life. Um, I had a cousin that was completely not say struggling, but like went through stroke and kind of building his way back. Um, and then you have me who is hundred miles an hour out doing whatever the hell I want mm-hmm. at, and, and in in an insurance industry. And i like like guys, I love sales, but I was an insurance agent. Insurance is almost like a rockstar lifestyle. If you're, if you're good at it, like yep. there's money moving, you're out partying. It, it is what it is guys. Like I'm, I removed myself out of the industry, but, um, I, I just, Came to a point where I, I had to physically stop. Like I removed myself from the insurance industry. I removed myself and I, and, and I'm a joke around when I say that, but I went mold mowed lawns for like three months. Cause I knew I, I had to clean up. So I'm like, I had to just completely, you know, completely erase myself from the industry. And the night up to the night I got sober, but it, I did relapse a little bit. But like the first initial night is I went in, took a you know, one, three quarter bottle, dropped it at my family member's house and drank half, almost half of that, that night. And, and at that moment with the the movements and stuff, and I'm not going to, you know, see the facial gestures, but at that moment it was the deer in the headlight look where it's like, Oh dude, you have a drinking problem in front of your whole family. Yeah. Yeah. And and I did some, you know, stupid things. And I'm going to just emphasize that. And then I'm I'm keeping it. Like I said, guys, a lot of this is in my book. But um, at that moment, I ended up doing an unaccepted thing in front of the family. And it, and it came to the message the day after of, if you keep doing this, we're going to disown you. Mm-hmm. And that was my first That night I drove home with one headlight out, thankful I did not get pulled over. Went into my parents' house because I lived in the basement at the time. Um, Looked down, wanted to fix my car because I had buddies at the bar. And walked to my toolbox, getting ready to do it, figure out I didn't do it, walked to my room, did a mixer, went to my room, passed out. And at that moment, I didn't know, but like a month later, my grandpa would pass away. And then another four or five months later, my cousin would pass away. And, and the light bulb went off in my head. I'm like, up to that moment, I'm, I'm very faithful, guys. But like up to that moment for like a year and a half straight, I had multiple people come up to me and say, why don't you, why don't you get sober?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm like, yeah, I don't need that shit. You know, you, you just you get very bullheaded with the reactions and stuff. And at that time, and I'm still doing it now, but like I daily Bible verse on my phone. And I could tell you up to six times I'd seen, I think it's Matthew 1 9, whatever, but it's be vigilant, be sober. And all you uh, Bible people that know all your verses, don't yell at me too much if I got it wrong. But um, I didn't know the situation of what would occur after. So, like, once you remove something and you start getting on your path, guys. (laughs) <laughs> the devil's gonna come after you and 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 the gates are gonna open and, and the flow of tests are gonna go your way. And up to that, that first two years of getting sober. Um, I had friends that would, you know, trap me on a boat with be run thing. Oh, sorry, we forgot your stuff at home and, and physically had to be around that environment. Um mm-hmm. Ben multiple times dating some people who are like why don't you just drink um had my cousin pass away had my grandpa pass away um there's some other things in my circle that like suicides and stuff through like the neighborhood circle um and and it ended up just my switch went off in my brain and I'm like I have to maintain sober I have to be sober because when once you start removing yourself through these, these situations and these addictions and stuff, um, like I said, what the layers like when you're drinking, that's your main layer and it's a mask. But underneath that mask, you have your pornography, you have your sex, you have, you know, and, and we have a whole list of stuff here, guys. And I Deep, deep down. I'm a sales professional. Like I'm a sales guy. I love the sales industry. Currently right now, the only thing I I have in the sales industry is just selling myself. So like my own business and stuff, mm-hmm. um, which I love. That's perfectly what I need. But what ended up happening is we just go, go, go. We go to the next rush. So like we would say, okay, Hey, we're selling this big contract. Oh, oh, I need it. I need it. I need it. And that, in, in the running joke is, you know, the dog humping the lick. What's going on? Why are you doing this? (laughs) Don't give me this. Why are you you, buy for me? You know, you run so fast in this industry when that that fast stops, you spiral out of control because it's it's a high after a high after a high after a high after a high. Mm -hmm. And what ended up happening is just my whole world, I never stopped. So like I, I I give the analogy of an addiction of you're driving in a car and the cops are coming behind you Mm -hmm. and you're trying to outrun the cops. Yeah. And and the cops are your addiction. And, and you ended up going right or left or make the wrong turn or hit the ditch. And all of a sudden whole ball of everything just kind of you and, and and tips you over and and locks you up for a little bit. And, um, the fancy way turns is guys like life hit me. And, and, and the big test of, of the, you know, switching, basically my mind of saying, boom, you know, like I, I need to fix it. And ended up just falling in love with developing self-help developing. um, What happens is you have to strip everything down and rebuild yourself. Yeah. And I completely isolated myself for like four months. Thank God lockdown occurred <laughs> because I got sober on November 25th, 2019 and I got to remember these dates. It's been so long. Um, and then lockdown occurred in Wisconsin, I think late February, I think, early March. Yeah, early March
0: is when it hit down here.
1: Yeah. And um, what ended up happening is I wanted to move to Green Bay just because I love the entertainment and all that stuff. And funny thing is I moved to Green Bay. Everything was locked down. So I couldn't do anything, which is perfectly fine. Um, and I ended up just getting around people that – you know, at the uh, a phenomenal local church, um, got my strength built back up again, got my faith built back up again. Um, got to the levels where I need to get I had phenomenal friends. And, uh, honestly through the process of, of, of creating a podcast and me and all kinds of great friends, I ended up getting called down to the city I'm in right now. And I knew that was a calling just because how life was mm-hmm. life, God, whatever was pointing me down here. And, um, I'm down here, but through the process with creating a podcast, you have all these opportunities of people that are in your circle now. So yeah. I entering the podcast world, everyone was podcasting during lockdown. And then all of a sudden you have everyone that's in the masterminds. You have everyone that's in this, you have people that are, you know, authors, um, people that are doing just in general speaking engagements. So I ended up getting dropped in that world on an accident that during lockdown, that, i truly didn't know the whole um big picture of it until now so during that process i create like i said during that process i created um battle warrior brands i created battle warrior podcast which funny thing is originally it was called "Seas get degrees Mm -hmm. going from average to extraordinary and then you just work your way through you know life and you kind of keep it more simpler but um now i'm sitting here with um battle warrior brands, which is apparel line, um, talking about more of your, uh, perseverance and strength of overcoming something. Um, we're kind of over, we're kind of starting to feature the shadowing of like a lone wolf. Um, and the reason why I say the lone wolf is in this industry, it can be lonely at times. And it feels like you're the only person that's growing technically you're not. Um, but what I want to do is I want to bring enlightenment of kind of that, that, you're walking alone, you're, you're doing it alone. Even though you're not, we're all kind of just feeling that we're like a lone wolf because we're going against culture. And it feels like the pack's not coming with us, even though technically the pack's coming with us. Yeah. Um,
0: But that, that makes some sense. So let's break some of this down because you just gave us a lot like, like the, the, the path that you went and everything. So my first question or thought would be, because most people that are entrepreneurs, we were talking about this before, they're entrepreneurs, sales professionals, we're addicted to that high. We're addicted to that rush, whatever that is. It could be alcohol. It could be sex. It could be sales. It could be whatever it is. But when you started to come out of it, you mentioned a few things. One, you had a local church that you went to that helped you. So you had a system in place. So I it, for, for people that maybe are dealing with addictions and all, they're like thinking, well, how did you get out of it? Like, it's not just, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, it's not just that you just stopped. It was, there was people starting to say, Hey, dude, you, you're drinking too much. Hey, man, there's this going on. You start having the circle do that. Then you came into a new circle. And all, it was that like one of your biggest keys was finding the right group of people that wasn't going to catch you on the boat and try and hand you a beer, that type of thing? Or how, how did you get out of the addiction? Because I'm sure people are wondering that aspect.
1: So at, at the beginning, like the original moment is I had uh, the person that actually, Hinted at my first get sober, and and she was a girl that saved me back in the day, and I I kept the me wanting to drive the car off the road back in the day. We'll we'll save that for a different story, but uh, that same person ended up being my first initial check-in. So like she was my first accountability partner. So like every day she'd be like, "How are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing?" And I owe her gratitude for everything, man. Like like I can go through the whole. She can have any money she wants. I mean, it's just that the. the mm-hmm the life lesson, what she caused and how she saved me, man, it's, it's endless. But, um, so she was the first accountability. So now what I, what I knew at the time is I didn't know I had this much self-awareness. I kind of knew it during marriage counseling, but I didn't really get the brief that was just kind of like a surface of how self-aware I was. I knew at the time that I'm a busybody, So like I kind of mm-hmm. looked at it this way of saying I'm two months sober or a month and a half going in lockdown. I can't sit still. I know I can sell. I know I need to do something to kind of get my mind off it. So yeah. like I was all in on eBay for three months straight, hustling stuff, going to the store, figuring something out, getting some side cash, just whatever it is to kind of keep my mind uh-huh. filtered and, and, and kind of occupied during the move. After that, I went to the uh, local church, ended up being uh, the pastor there had a huge addiction issue in the past. and you know, multiple people kind of came forward and and I had a, I call her a church mom, but like a church sister, church cousin, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, I got um, you. We Just a, a circle of females that I know that would uh, whip my hind end if I would start drinking again. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time when I knew I was doing the eBay stuff, like I said, I isolated because I had to analyze, figure out who was exactly um, at the time going to be troublemakers. Mm-hmm. Um, even though at that time, I didn't know. And I'm going to give you guys a real hint. There's going to be people that are going to be on your side up until a certain time when you're outgrowing them. And then you're going to wake up and realize that they weren't on your side. So um, there was a lot of them that were adjusting their lifestyle and then they got sick of it because they weren't doing what they want to do. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But, but the true ones come back. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, people are in your life for a season and sometimes you need a break from them so that those, cycles that you're used to falling in with them aren't there meaning like you know i have friends that i still stay in touch with but we don't hang out like we used to because i've outgrown them i've gotten stronger i've where i'm going where i'm putting my life now is different than theirs it doesn't mean that theirs is right just it's not going to work for me anymore it's not going to serve me and really it's not going to serve them because at the end of the day and I know we've talked about, you talking about the lone wolf thing. It's extreme ownership. It's owning your stuff and what you're doing in the life, you're building. you know, you can't ever make, like they couldn't make you make decisions. They would try to influence it, but it was your decision at the end. Same thing. Eventually you outgrow people.
1: Exactly. And, and the, the, the emphasis, like I said, the lone wolf is, and Andy Frisella says it straight out, like when you're, when you're leveling up, there's like a gap between each level mm-hmm. and it, and you do find yourself. And I will tell you guys straight out that are starting this walk like fresh. There will be times we're going to be like, okay, I'm the only person that's doing this. Even though you're not just keep going. You're going to feel like that. So um, that's where the term lone wolf kind of developed in my head where it's, you know, I have a friend that you know, I call her the unicorn. It's just, we have these, you know, goofy little nicknames for each other, but we're all entre- entrepreneurs. We know that, you know, everything's done, but on a Sunday night, we rather, have a football playing in the background and do work, you know, Mm -hmm. either in our office or whatever. It's just, we're we're nonstop workaholics that we love what we do and ended up being is just, I didn't know I had this grinding work ethic. So like everything I looked at each year is a challenge. So like for me, two years ago, I wanted to run and I don't know why I, I'm hooked on it now, but back in the day, I I ran cross country in high school and I took 20 plus years off and I got you. some girl trash talked me into signing up for a half marathon Mm -hmm. and i missed (laughs) missed beating her by two seconds yep um but in general like and I'm, i'm very thankful for her because it she for her was a cocky thing to get me into it for me it was awakening of okay this is a challenge so like i didn't know at the time you know, for me, a half marathon was a huge thing. Now it's kind of like, all right, whatever, like 13 miles. But um, I wanted the process. So I stripped everything down and I'm like, okay, process of this, build it up. If I don't understand the mindset of this, I cannot understand the mindset of a business. So like I looked at it as I want to build a business. I need to nail this here first. This last year was the marathon and it was the same situation where it's like, Last year, I got hurt because I ran too much with the half marathon and races and stuff. I'm like, okay, I can't do that. So now let's analyze a little bit and say, and I'm not an analyzer here, guys, but for some other reason, when it's something I want to grow with, I become hyper focused on it. Yep. (laughs) Very hyper focused. And I looked at it as I'm completely, completely grateful that I was hurt starting this year because I literally started doing one lap around the YMCA upstairs for one tenth of a mile, started from scratch. Because I physically had a bruised meniscus, so I couldn't go wide open right away. So I physically had to start over, grow through rehab, go through everything, and then ended up, um, finishing my marathon here in late September. So, um, now I'm kind of legged right now, just because I know I have a race coming in January, but, uh, next year's going to be the ultra marathon. And I'm, mm-hmm. like I said to you guys, I'm not a runner and I'm, everyone can laugh be like, bro, you're doing an ultra marathon. You're a runner. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> For me, it's a challenge because it's every year I know I need to get myself uncomfortable. Yeah. And for me, I know, and you get it too, when you start doing self development and self education, you just start growing and growing and growing. There's natural separators that you start noticing. Mm-hmm. And it, for most people, it's a 10K or like a half marathon or a marathon, whatever. And I was joking with people in our circle, I'm like, I need to run an ultra and, and I would say publicly near in the town, everyone's like, are you nuts? And then the light bulb went off. It's like, dude, you're starting to separate yourself. You're starting yeah. to get it. You're getting in the next level of the professional. You're getting to the next level of the 1%, the 0%, whatever it is. So now I look at these opportunities as saying, it's an opportunity for me to grow.
0: Mm-hmm. When well, I think if learning How you operate. Because, like you said, you learn by doing things compared to some people might learn by reading. Some people might learn by watching videos. You learn by immersing yourself in it. And I think with the athletic stuff, from just what you're saying, that's a way for you to get into your zone. And it probably helps you with your business, with your branding, with everything else you're doing, because now you're in movement and movement opens up the narrow mind paths and all the different things there that. As an entrepreneur, we need to be successful. And and entrepreneurs are different. They go into the world and they go to the future, like Alex Sharpton says, and they create something and bring it back and demand that it's there. And and it's just a different – we're wired different. Because like you said, once you get something that you can focus on, you're 100% in. But if you're not into it, you're 100% not would be my guess.
1: Uh, Absolutely. Like I'll I'll feel it all for a little bit, but um, for me, Battle Warrior Brands – at the beginning was actually a supplement company and I love my supplements. I love working out. Um, but what ended up happening is just naturally, I didn't pull that direction. So like I was, I was out local shows and all that stuff and whatever it was, people weren't venturing that way. They were going towards my apparel. And mm-hmm. and finally I just hit to the point. I'm like, you know, why am I bashing my head against the wall trying yeah. to get this thing to work? And I just flipped it into apparel. And, and for me, it's more natural because I'm creative. I mm-hmm. enjoy this stuff. Um, now we can go into layers of saying, okay, hey, you know, you you need to learn email marketing. You need like there's a whole bucket full of stuff we can learn about business just running with an apparel company. But for me, it's I need to be creative. Mm-hmm. I need a challenge. I need to grind. I call it grip and rip every day. Um, yep. I do take off Sundays. I just do yoga Sundays. But pretty much, I'm on a two day pattern when I feel like it. I say when I feel like I, no matter what, I work out hour and a half, two hours each day, no matter what. I know when I'm on peak performance, I have to wake up and do 20 to 30 minutes of yoga in the morning right away. And then go all out during the day. And then after work, I have to work out for about an hour, hour and a half to, to finally get like all the gas out of my system, get all the energy out. And then after that, I know I can work for four to five hours. Just nonstop. So I barely sleep here, guys. I sleep about five and a half hours, if not maybe five. Um, but the peak performance of how I'm operating right now on five hours was way better than seven and a half, eight hours.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's building life by design, it's finding out what works for you and what season you are in your business, too. You know, a lot of people maybe maybe they're like, well, crap, I can't do all that. But there's certain needle movers and stuff that they can do each and every day. You've just found a system that works for you. So you can be at peak performance. You know, everyone has different, there's no like magic formula. The formula is the formula that works for you. You know, the one that you're going to do consistently every day. And and, and I like that you're, you're open about it and you're moving it. So the shift from the the supplements to the branding or like the apparel was that just like a market shift? Like people were buying the apparel, they weren't buying the supplements or how did that happen?
1: Um, That's part of it. But what ended up happening is I just, okay. And I'm going to use a, a typical day. What would happen if I had all, all three of them, I would go figure out, I want to design something instead of me saying, I want to go visit the store for supplements. I want to design apparel. Mm -hmm. So like no matter what I wanted to do with the supplements, my mind went to apparel. Yeah. So for me, it was, it just felt like I was trying to take a two ton wagon and try to push it uphill. Mm -hmm. And, and yes, business guys, we get that. Um, but to me, no matter what, I felt like my energy was deprived on top of running and and just too much of my plate down the road. Can I go back to the, you know, supplement industry? Uh, yeah, I left with good terms with my suppliers. I I love mm-hmm. them to debt. They did great things for me. um Currently at this time, no, um, just because we have such a limited energy to try to get everything. um Who knows? I mean, if I keep doing like this endurance stuff and and CrossFit um, CrossFit races or obstacle races, what they call them? Yeah. Um, who knows? But at the moment, I just I felt like I was completely draining myself of energy and. Mm-hmm. Um, naturally in the in the market I would come up with the designs naturally people would buy them even without much of a story because here's the thing with marketing if people love it and they relate it late to it within two three seconds boom like they know exactly what it is and I ended up dropping um, the euro more logo and I, I couldn't keep it off the shelves when I was mm-hmm. at the shows. people yeah. people would see 20 feet away and run up hey I need that
0: and are you like, when you're doing it, because I know we were talking about the addictions and stuff before, are, is that like the story behind the apparel brands? Every, every apparel brand has a message or a meaning. like I'm wearing Matt Vincent's hate brand right now. It has a message and a meaning, you know, with battle wars, is that kind of what people have like in mind, like breaking free from addiction or, or what is the vibe of your, your apparel brand?
1: So for me, what ended up happening is, with the vibe of this is it's the people that came out of the shadows of that went through something mm-hmm. and, and, and whatever it was, the mental health stuck on it. Um, and what ended up happening is people are feel more, um, proud and just acceptance of going through. And, and I'm doing photo shoots with, you know, a few girls and stuff in the in local that were friends of mine. And we started talking about my story and she's like, I get it. And she's like, you went through this. I said, yeah, I went through this, you know, the mm-hmm. addictions, the mental health, whatever. And, She's like, thank you. I'm like, what do you mean? Thank you. And within like a stretch of like four months after that, she got promoted. She worked harder. She smiled more. She started modeling again, like just in general, she's like, you're one of the few that actually raised your hand, say I went through something. Uh-huh. She's like everything, everyone hides it. So yep. for me, it's more of like a, I call it perseverance with battle warrior, but it, we, we go through a battle no matter what and we ended up developing ourselves into a warrior. Yeah. But if you
0: think about it, because we come from the same Midwest culture, it's acceptable to hide and pretend everything's all right. But when you open up, people get uncomfortable. So what I I heard you say with that is that she felt safe because you were willing to say, hey, yeah, I have dealt with crap before. I have dealt with struggles. I am am not perfect. And in the entrepreneurial world, this is the same thing. A lot of people have this persona instead of being authentic. And what they don't realize is is that if you're authentic – you win because people want that authentic human connection and they can smell the fake. So whether or not that was your intent, that's kind of what it sounds like. What happened when you started talking with her was she's like, I can feel that you're being genuine with this. You're not hiding or just saying, I'm fine. I'm good. You know? So that's good. Like that's good when that can
1: happen. And, and, and naturally what ended up happening is I, I would drop my guard. So, like for me, I, being in the Midwest culture, we barely don't, we barely see Lambos. We see, you know, all the fancy shit. And I'm going to say it that way, but like the shiny stuff, all the fun, big stuff. Um, and I'm going to say it this way, guys, but like I would be happy with a three quarter ton Duramax diesel. Mm-hmm. I would be just as happy with that, if not more happier than I would be with the Lambo. And I'm not saying like if uh, opportunity to own a Lamborghini, I would own a Lamborghini. I get it if mm-hmm. that opportunity is there, but. For me, I'd be a lot more happy, a lot more relaxed, not more real, in a just gnarly loud Duramax diesel. Yeah,
0: but who should <laughs> see? Here's the crazy thing, and I agree with you with that. Like, cause it's funny. Like, I love trips. So we went to Hawaii with the family. I've done a bunch of stuff like that. Don't really care about cars. Like, my dream vehicle would be a truck. Like, for me, that'd be great. Whether I was a millionaire, whether I'm making five, I don't care that because for me. I just really like trucks, but everyone puts it, it has to be this. And half the time you see people on Instagram with the Lambos they run it. And it's not even really them, you know, it builds a life by design you want. That's really the end game. Who says what life you should have?
1: My ultimate end game with my business is I know I can be in the mountains on a Tuesday afternoon.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In a UTV, just hauling ass, kicking up dust, bearing it up to the axle, just laughing with my friends because I know we don't have to return. I mean, yes, we have to work our own business. I get it, but we don't have to return back to an employer the next day. Like yeah, ideal, that would be my perfect thing. Yeah. And that's freedom. freedom.
0: It, yep. It's freedom. That's what everyone really wants. They just don't know what to put on it. And then they get caught up in, well, this was this person's streamer, this was my dad's streamer, this is my mom's. And in reality, when was the last time you actually sat down and thought about what do you really want? What do you really want out of life? Because we go, 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 especially in this culture, and we grind and we try to do all this stuff. We try to be like Andy, not like Andy Fitzgerald. We try to be like Emma. We try to be like this person or that person, and they would be the first to tell you, no, dude, be you. Go out and yeah. make what you want, but be you.
1: Well, and, and the thing that I noticed, and, and I made a post with this because I came back from Mastermind a couple of weeks ago, and, and I think you even seen it, but the, the part where the people on the stage are just the same as you, Yep. Except they're 5, 10, 15, 20 years long the journey versus you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They've just accomplished more or maybe they started differently, or maybe life just worked a little bit better for them, but they're the same people. Like I've been in rooms with multimillionaires, and like we're talking right now, I talk to them, and I've seen people fanboy. I call it fanboying. When they fanboy, I'm like, no, just talk to them. They get <laughs> fanboyed enough. People, people want, doesn't matter what level of monetary value or business life, or whatever, people just need human connection. They need to feel loved. They need to feel seen. They need to feel heard. If you treat them right, it's going to work so much better than running up, going, "Oh, can I have your order?" No one wants that. After a while, like you said, when you had the whole while wow, when you're doing the fishing and everything, you know, after a while, that gets boring. You don't want people just to kiss your butt because then it's not authentic. They're just wanting something from you instead of wanting to get to know you.
1: Absolutely, and then in and that's the thing that and is rough the road life. It was at the beginning. And I'm going to say, it like, I have a love hate relationship with road life. Just if I'm around the right crew and the, the this is the reason why I love traveling now with what I'm doing with my own business, because I can select the crew I'm around. Yep, and, yep. and at the time, you know, I'm, I'm even comfortable with them myself, even going to these masterminds. And like I said, I don't drink, but like, um, we were at Vegas and at a show band playing, I love music. And mm-hmm. so I was all with the crew at the table till one in the morning. I knew I had to be there because there's relationships that need to be built. Mm-hmm. Um, drinking wise they all know i'm sober they don't care they're like hey dude just leave yeah,
0: yeah. but that so, circle didn't push you either though they weren't like no, saying, no, they hey, knew dude. right away they knew and because you set that boundary and because they're at a different level they weren't like well crap he's not drinking it's uncomfortable like cool that's what he's assigned to do that's fine yeah that's what we're talking and, about those circles yeah yeah
1: and, and that's the thing that and i'm actually glad for the second go round because at the beginning and i have a running joke with people but like people are like, well, how was road life for you? I'm like, my first go around is I saw people lose their families. I saw people lose their wives. I saw people develop road wives. I saw people develop girlfriends. I was part of some of that crew and not saying I was cheating or any of that. I wasn't dating many people when I was on the road anyways, just because it was, you're gone all the time and it's not really a good thing to mix yeah. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's, I seen, you know, I had to pull friends off cheating on their wives. Like, in certain situations around the fishing crew, I do not want to be around them anymore just yeah. for the sake of I don't want to lose what I have, especially with the structure I have. Mm-hmm. Now, let's go the second go around with the podcast world, the self-help world, the mastermind world, the you know, the Andy's, <laughs> the Ed's, all that. You tell them your story or just go up and chit chat and, and just say, hey, man, I'm this, I'm this, you know, not fanboy, but just say, hey, this is my story. Mm-hmm. You see them that afternoon or even that evening and you have a chance to do it, they're going to be like, Hey man, what's up? And then if you're not completely matching your story or or like staying structured, they're going to call you out for it. Yep. hundred percent. And, and that's the thing. I love this industry. And that's why I I have zero issues with people. Like, dude, if you want to come up and speak, come on down. Absolutely. Like in our circle, I think I have probably a dozen plus that would call each other out. Mm -hmm. In a good way, in a bad way. Or on the other side is if we go through something that's major and it's a, it's phenomenal victory, they're going to be in line shaking your hand or in general be like, bro, keep going, keep going, keep going. Like this is the most encouraging self-growth mastermind community. I can name everything that's in that whole Mm -hmm. window.
0: Well, because they get you, they get you compared to like people that when you're trying to level up and come out of. we're using Midwest because from the the Midwest culture where you're supposed to get a job, stay there for 50 years, get married, do all these different things. Right. (laughs) When you start pushing against that, it it breaks a narrative or maybe they gave up on their dreams or maybe they just haven't been willing to take the risk. So you kind of, you know, you mess with them not on purpose, but it just messes with their, you know, thought process. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. But once you get into the real groups that you're supposed to be part of, it's not a big deal anymore because well, now, crap, these guys are pushing. They're not going to hold me back. They're wanting me to go higher. They're not going to let me talk shit and pretend I'm doing something. They're going to call me out, like you said, but they're also going to level up with me.
1: And, and the funny thing is, and I never noticed this because I think a lot of us went through the same thing, that, that got divorced. And I'm going to say the people that were divorced. In the Midwest is you go to school, you get a job, you get married in your late 20s, you buy a house, you have a kid, you settle in a stupid town. Um, and I'm not saying it, it is what is just a normal routine in the whole United States, but in the Midwest, it's very hard because it's traditional. You have to do this. You have to get a union job and uh, we're not going to go too far into that, but, no. <laughs> um, I ended up going through all those phases and, and now during the time I was growing, I'm like, and you could just see people in and, and big time right now, guys are having this extreme issue with this. And and that's where you're seeing like Bedros and Ray and all those guys bringing out like the the um, Squire project and I'm mm-hmm. misquoting them. Garrett's got another project out.
0: Yeah. No, I know <laughs> what you're talking about. Where they're doing like like a rite of passage for for men and stuff.
1: And for boys. yeah, dude, they're okay. like they're they're the dudes are being dudes again. And yeah. and and that's the thing I'm noticing, especially here locally. Like we get if you're not out of the circle, so like you're not in our circle, guys are absolutely fucking losing themselves. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, there's there's an epidemic on it because the culture for so long has been guys cannot show emotions. They cannot do anything. But like, I remember my Midwest thought you need to be angry or happy. That was it. Like you, you can't do any of the other things. And then with how the world's been, a lot of guys feel lonely. They feel empowered and all. And now I see, like you mentioned, Bedros and other people coming in having groups and helping men because I think for the longest time, as a whole they've been neglected they're they're you know told go do this thing but you're not worth it you you know everyone else should be put in front of you go do all this stuff and it's hard for people to understand if you're not going through it because ladies have this well they talk to each other at least maybe they have they have their own issues but they you know they'll communicate they can express all the different emotions
1: yeah wine night or coffee yeah. night or whatever it is yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: But guys, do guys really even have a group? Like I know I'm in a group. I I think I sent you a link to it with uh, our buddy, Eric Allen. And it's just like this men's Christian group that I joined three weeks ago. And I'm like, holy crap. I didn't even realize I needed it. And I have a good circle. Like I have a good network of a bunch of people that I'm with, but I'm like, I don't have a group of guys. And I had missed it for a while where I can actually just talk real and not have any of the, oh, you didn't do that right. Or you didn't do it. But they all are like, supportive and believing in me when we guard that group and i think that's something huge that men need for sure
1: and and that's the thing i noticed last week too because i was around we call it um propel but it's a young it's the young professionals of of the chamber in our mm-hmm. local area and ended up being and i'm explaining it and and i'm just you know talking to this one girl i knew her son anyways and and i'm like i, I want to explain it this way not as an arrogant way i said i want to explain it as as an issue that we're having as males i'm like I don't have any kids so I can go do this whole routine of what I'm, I'm doing. I got, I, I didn't have that opportunity my first time. Con- I had the opportunity, but it didn't stick. We'll just use that and leave it that way. Um, But her son's absolutely great person. And, and that's the thing I'm looking here, you know, locally, all these husbands that were phenomenal dads, they do everything during the summer. So like the, building something around the house or providing they're providing and providing all of a sudden when october comes and they're not deer hunting so like there's no additional yeah. hobby to overtake mm-hmm. they hit the wall and they're like we have and all of a sudden they're like what the hell do i do yeah because the providing's done mm-hmm. and and like i told her that straight out i said i just want to help guys be guys again like dude go to the shooting range you know go have a friend that's got a jacked up truck just not say be a redneck because that's a typical you know term across the whole united states but like guys love just getting dirty and Mm -hmm. and just in general just going fast loud like a dude be like hey i want to go watch a Van Halen cover band all right cool let's Mm -hmm. go you know so for for me it's trying to find and and my saying a couple years ago was change culture especially when i was sober i'm like i want to make sober great again you Mm -hmm. know i don't want to go back on 45 again but um what ended up happening is just it's people aren't escaping this like guys need to escape that shadow and they're not escaping that shadow quite yeah. yet. Yeah.
0: Well, I think it's starting to change, but it has to, it takes time, you know, and, and when they've been programmed to the only way they escape was drinking or the only way they escape was driving a fast car or doing something like that and actually having to be open to your emotions and who you are as a person and looking deep and facing, the good and the bad. That's not always easy. There's a lot of shadow work, as they call it there, like, you know, where you're going in deep and you're, like, dealing with the crap that you have inside. And that's why I think men's groups are important. Churches are important. Uh, Networking events are important. Mastermind is important because you need that support group because the lone wolf will die if he doesn't have the support. Like, I understand there's times we're going to have to grind and do our thing. I agree with you on it. Like, I love wolves. I'm great into that. But in this world, you still have that network or that group of people that, are there? Because like even you said this earlier ago, you think you're alone, but you're not really alone, and that's why you need to have these connections and these people that you can talk to, whether or not – like I have some of the dearest friends ever, and they're online. I've never met them in person. Some of them I've gone – like I went and visited my friend George Bryant at his uh, event in October. I met some of my friends, but some of my best friends that I talk to a lot, I've never seen in person. But like I'll get on like a video call with them. I'll get on the phone with them and all because it's just finding that right connection.
1: Yeah, and absolutely. And I can go through a whole list of guys out, out west of Denver that <laughs> have been phenomenal. or And I'm going to say Houston and Dallas. So, like, you know, I never noticed how much Pennsylvania influenced because the group I'm in a very well-known group in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of those guys. And and, and I'm going I'm to connect the dots here, guys. So, as a listener, it's going to be very tough. to under- If you're trying to connect the dots, just bear with me. Everyone's Everything's webbed together. So, I'm just explaining it this way. So, like you join mark's inner circle in that uh i'm sorry you join mike's inner circle in that inner circle's everyone that's part of apex arte mark evans dm um even some of our groups that were part of uh 365 driven and all of a sudden now you kind of go up into those and be like okay so who's all part of them well mm-hmm. now you start noticing there's overlaps yep so like there's people in that group that's part of this group that's part of this group and you can Technically, outgroup yourself. I'm gonna say it that way, but and ended up happening is the same philosophy is the same thing on each group that mm-hmm. we want you to succeed. We want you to be the best person you can be physically, mentally, spiritually. We're gonna celebrate your wins. Um, when you're down, we're gonna reach out and say, "Hey, dude!" Like, like the accountability in these things are absolutely insane. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, the more you pay, the more you play. I mean, that's there's a you know pay to play type of phenomenon. And, and also with these levels groups and, and I'm going to say over and above Arte, like I know there's more over and above Arte. I already Mm -hmm. know that just, I don't know what they're called, but, um, I think Mark Evans brought out saying that there's a few of them. That's like a hundred grand plus to be part of, um,
0: Yeah. Well, there's different groups for different levels of people. And then when you network, like I network with a lot of different groups and I have friends in pretty much every single group that you have uh, that you listed. Like I've had Tony Watley on my show, 365
1: driven. Great deal, Amazing. Amazing people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's just getting around them and connecting with people that are like you because the world can be lonely, like we said, and people don't think like we think. So you will a lot of times, and and again it's not that they're normal it's just what they live for their lives what we as entrepreneurs and sales professionals do will challenge the person that's normal. like i can't just come home every night and sit on the couch i used to be able to you to be able to get off of uh, work come home sit I, on the couch and yeah. now i can't like it, i have to be doing something I, I like there's something inside of me that says no you need to do more you need to do impact or like i'll go sit up by my fire pit or i'll go for a walk or do something because that's like like I was telling my wife this, I'm again big football fan. Love Michigan. Like I'm a football fan, and like this year, I've been watching less football, more and more. And I'm like, okay, I'm leveling up more because now I'm not drawn to, not that football's bad. I still like it, but I'm not drawn to sitting there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, spending hours on end. I'd rather be reading a book, doing a video, doing a reel, spending time with the fan, just different things. And I think it's just that level up process.
1: Um. I was going to say thank you for one of our friends uh, in, introducing me to PodMatch. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the reason for that is, guys, during the football games, like Sunday for me, it's building my routine for the week. So like Sunday for me is a key day. I do not chill on a Sunday. I do a little bit, but not like I go to church. I come home, my meal prep, I get my weekly plan situated. So like for me, I love my Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, Saturday is my chill day. If I'm not deer hunting or, fish, you know, something just to kind well, of, deer hunting and
0: that type of stuff can be chilling too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> yeah. <fun. laughs> yeah. So for, for that sake, like my Sundays is, I'll just turn the Packers on audio I won't even have TV on. I don't even think I should sell this thing. I haven't turned it on in months, but when it comes to that, it's I'll listen to that. And then I'll be on the computer, either editing podcasts, do all my marketing stuff, whatever it is. So like, I look at this now with the alert, how alert I am time blocks. So like Mm -hmm. I'm doing this. Okay. you know, Coming December 9th. I know I have eight hours off for PT day, except to burn it. So, all right. So how many podcasts am I going to do? you know how many working out i'm going to do whatever it is i just know that that time management even though i'm not really anal with it but i know at this time within 15 minutes of the situation i need to work out you know Uh like i said you had a reminder of thank you know thank god for gmail calendars but you know reminders of you're working out 30 minutes you have a podcast yep and and for me now um with my podcasts, you know interviewing people or even being a guest, I just pick two days because mm-hmm. I I have like eighteen uh, episodes I need to edit to get out. Yep, yep. I'm not with behind. you. <laughs> yeah, so like I'm like Wednesday and Fridays are my only recordings um, with special res- reservations on Saturday. So like someone in my circle will be like, "Hey man, I only have Saturday." Like on my mm-hmm. calendar, I have Saturday like blocked off.
0: Yep, I'm with
1: you. Um unless it's something special or, or someone's like, Hey dude, I only have Saturday morning. Yeah, absolutely. Like I will make time for that situation. Um, but yeah, it's, I blocked out these certain time frames. I know at this time, like Monday nights, my men's night, I know and it's not, we're not being like such a robot with it. It's just a system that we know that works.
0: Yeah. Well, it's life by design is building what you want. It's, Making sure that you're moving all your, what they, I would call a needle mover in your business, in your life, in your faith, in your family, in your friends, in your time for yourself, the whole, the whole nine yards. So as we wind down here at this episode, is there anything else that we haven't talked about so far that you wanted to leave our listeners with? I know we've talked about a lot of different things. So
1: um, the biggest thing is just the there. There's going to be a few things coming down the pipeline that's going to involve um, with the term summit. It might be a hint hint that's going to mm-hmm. get developed in the next year um and then also like the men's group i'm going to be sitting here um yeah there, there, there's a lot of stuff that if if there's something in this episode that you guys want to look further into it you know like i said i did glance on everything because if i want on all the details—it'd be like a five-hour episode. And I don't want to go down that route. Yeah, that nah. <laughs> I'm with. <you. laughs> but like, like ones at ones point. Yeah, with 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 some of this stuff here, guys. So, like, with my book, with my podcast, whatever it is, just just reach out to me at battlewearbrands.com. And um, there's gonna be new stuff coming down the pipeline. You know, with always, I'm I'm on a crazy podcaster, so like, I'm always on episodes. If not creating episodes, mm-hmm. um, there's way too much shit that. I can run out of time with, and I'll just answer it that way. But um, yeah, it's brand new things coming down the pipeline, clothing, brand, Black Fridays, um, on top of uh, there's going to be some speaking engagements coming next year or creating them. So here's a term I want to tell you guys straight up. If you're going to sit back and want something to happen and you reach out and you're like, why am I not getting the result? This is where my brain went to. Physically, right now, I need to get more speaking opportunities, so screw it. Create my own uh, summit, create my yeah. own live events, whatever it is, and, and that's the hack here, guys, because then you can get your your video done, your, your um, what's that, t- two-minute reel or whatever, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the reels and all things. the different yeah. stuff,
0: yep, you have content, yep.
1: Yes, and and it's just more about the content and the people and the value and stuff, so that's, that's where my brain went this year, where I'm like, I need to create more.
0: Good. No, I love it. Thank you again, Chad, for being on the show. And for everyone listening, share this episode out with friends, family, people that can benefit from it. And when you get a chance, if you can, like, rate, and leave us a comment. We read them. We love them. And until next time, keep being amazing. And thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the 150K Podcast. Remember, your dreams become reality when you take action on them. Feel free to reach out with any questions on Instagram at 150K Podcast. And until next time, keep pushing. You're worth it.